Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily and TGIF. It's almost the start of the weekend, but before we get to that, let's look at what's happening in the global automotive industry. As the German luxury brands start to move down market, best exemplified by the sub $30,000 Mercedes CLA, Lexus says they're leaving the door open for it to move more up market. Last night on AutoLine After Hours, Jeff Bracken, the vice president of Lexus in the U.S., said, and I quote, We have an opportunity to really flourish in the upper end of the luxury market, which is where we need to go. Close quote. Bracken said that Lexus will unveil an upmarket model at the Detroit Auto Show next month, but declined to say if it would be a sports car like the LFLC concept or a luxury sedan above the LS. One thing's for sure, Bracken said, Lexus will never offer cars priced below $30,000. He also said Lexus would not offer diesel engines and will stick with hybrids instead. But, he added, Lexus has no plans to offer a plug-in hybrid. Back in 2005, with much fanfare, GM launched the Chevrolet brand in Europe, mainly using cars made by Daewoo in South Korea. But they never sold very well, so now GM is pulling the Chevrolet brand out of Europe. Well, not entirely. It will still sell the Corvette and Camaro there, and it will keep the Chevy brand in Russia and much of Eastern Europe because it does well there, and that's where the growth is. But now the question is, what becomes of Chevrolet's sponsorship deal with Manchester United? Reportedly, GM committed over half a billion dollars to that deal, well, here's my out-of-line insight. I think that deal will remain in place, except that the team shirts will spell Chevrolet O-P-E-L. Hey, if you were not paying attention to Ford of Europe's Twitter account yesterday, you might have missed the new Mustang convertible. Not much to mention other than that the fabric top is operated electrically. You know, to us, the most important development with the new Mustang is that Ford is going to sell it globally. We think U.S. sales this year will come close to hitting 80,000 units, but as a global car, maybe sales could pass the 100,000 mark. That would give the Mustang an advantage over the Camaro because that would allow Ford to invest more money in the car. Back in September, we reported that production of the Saab 9.3 would restart at the end of this year under new ownership, and sure enough, Saab's just started running down the assembly line again. But we say, don't hold your breath. For one thing, the cars will only be sold in Sweden and China. Sweden can offer the sales volume to make the brand profitable, while China already has too much competition. I say, if they're still making sobs a year from now, I'll eat my hat. A nice black fedora. Hey, coming up next, it's time for You Said It. Here's another great thing about the all-around performance of our Dueler tires. A comfortable, quiet ride. Oh. At Bridgestone, our passion for performance knows no bounds. And now it's time for some of your feedback. Chuck at GM saw our report that it took Nissan 10 years to develop the steer-by-wire system for the Infiniti Q50, and he points out, 
airplanes have been using fly-by-wire a very long time, since way before Nissan started playing with it. Why did it take 10 years? Well, Chuck, I guess we've got to ask, how long did it take the aircraft industry to develop fly-by-wire? One reason why it took Nissan so long is that steering a car is a lot busier than steering an airplane. There's more turns, all different kinds of pavement, and a lot more steering corrections. And not only did they have to develop the electronic hardware to handle all that, they needed to develop all the lines of code, and obviously that took them 10 years. Mike has some questions about ethanol. Help me with the chemistry here, he says. Biofuels include ethanol and methyl alcohol. Ethyl is CH3CH2OH. Plenty of carbon in that. How does the biofuel thing remove the carbon from the chemistry? Well, Mike, go take a look at the chemical composition of gasoline or diesel. They have a lot more carbon in them. Also, the reason the EPA mandated the use of ethanol to achieve clean air standards is that ethanol has 30% more oxygen in it than gasoline. So it burns cleaner and with a lot less carbon. You know, SeaTech might have come up with a solution for Tesla to prevent fires from breaking out after a collision with road debris. So what would it cost to bolt a slab of diamond plate aluminum to the bottom of a Tesla S? And that might be the solution. John Nathan Shopper has a question about our report that gasoline engines with direct injection emit more particulates. That study on GDI particulate needs clarification. Obviously, the particulate is not smog if the new engines are satisfying emission standards. So what is it? Particulates refer to microscopic particles of unburned hydrocarbon that come out of the exhaust and can be breathed deeply into our lungs and can become carcinogenic. Diesel engines have particulate traps that capture these particulates. And don't be surprised to see those traps mandated on gasoline engines with direct injection. They're already talking about doing that in Europe. Seawolf has a question about hydraulic hybrids, like the one that Peugeot says it will have ready in 2015. I wonder how many stops have to be made before the cylinder is charged for maximum efficiency on hydraulic hybrids. For now, my faith in the good old nat aspirated motor box remains. Seawolf, the hydraulic hybrid, will act like an electric hybrid in that the engine will be used to charge up the hydraulic pressure, just as it charges up the battery in a hybrid. Even so, most of the charging will still come from capturing braking energy. Hey, thanks for all your letters and comments. We sure like going through them all. But hey, before we go, I'm still looking for your suggestions for who should be the Autoline Executive of the Year. I've already heard from a number of you, but I'd still like to get more input as to who you think is the one executive who's done a better job than anyone else this year. So send me your ideas and then go out and have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.